It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is officially official. Colorado is headed back to the Big 12 Conference, joining BYU on the western flank of their conference as Big 13 for the time being. What's next for the Big 12? And we're also talking BYU running backs in our final position preview. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you for being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction or just a reminder, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you for downloading the show wherever you get your podcast or watching it on YouTube. Appreciate all of your patronage and obviously your support of this venture. All right, diving right in on today's show. It is officially official. I'm recording this just minutes after Colorado has officially announced, or I guess, yeah, they announced it. They also voted their Board of Regents 9-0 unanimously to accept an invitation to join the Big 12 Conference. It's a done deal. The Pac-12 is down to nine teams. They're the Pac-9, and the Big 12 is now the Big 13. And I'm not going to lie, Every time Brett Yormark does something recently, he seems to have like this just this golden touch to it. And I got to say, the announcement, the way that they announced, speaking of the Big 12, officially that Colorado is rejoining the conference, just absolutely classic. I'm going to throw it up here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see it on the graphic. If you're listening on the podcast feed, I'll read it for you. Dateline, Irving, Texas, July 27th, 2023. Dash. The following statement was released today by the Big 12 conference through its commissioner, Brett Yormark, regarding the University of Colorado, colon, quote, they're back. Yeah, you heard that right. He did the MJ. He pulled the Michael Jordan uh, announcement. This is this guy knows how to play it cool, folks. And the thing about this is the Big 12 is in a very advantageous position suddenly, like it hasn't been for quite some time. And that's got to be a positive if you're a BYU fan, is the biggest thing looking at uh, what's going on in conference realignment. Is the Big 12, under Brett Yormark's leadership, over the past year and change, he's been on the job just over a year, if I recall correctly, and what has he done? Well, he jumped the Pac-12 in line and secured the future uh, for the Big 12 Conference the early 2030s to the tune of at least $31.7 million beginning in 2025. That is a full member share, which, by the way, Colorado gets via a pro rata clause that he wrote into the contracts. If they were to add a Power 5 football program, you're not having to cut the pie down or cut a smaller slice. They get another $31.7 million from both Fox and ESPN combined to give to Colorado. You are expanding the pie by adding Colorado and having a 13th mouth to feed. Absolutely genius move. Colorado doesn't owe a dime to leave the Pac-12 conference, and they are walking in immediately uh, to all of that money. They're going to get full share based on the reporting next year in 2024 when they will join the conference to the tune of potentially $40 million because that's kind of the lure to get them in. I know BYU will be, still be taking about a half share for that one year, but nonetheless, getting Colorado in here is an absolute coup for the Big 12. Is Colorado a power player in football and basketball? No, not necessarily. But what they bring, folks, is a noted brand 
and the ability to deliver the Denver market to the Big 12 Conference. You as a Cougar fan out there should be ecstatic that Colorado is part of this conference because they're going to help shoulder the load out here in the west of this conference in terms of the late-night TV window that BYU was looking like they were going to have to kind of shoulder on their own. Colorado will help shoulder that. Folsom Field and Lavelle Edwards Stadium will be tied at the hip. Uh, The Rumble in the Rockies that existed for the last 12 years between Utah and and Colorado, well, guess what? It's probably going to be the Rumble in the Rockies involving BYU and Colorado. Now, we can workshop some other uh, rivalry names, and we can uh, trump it up as much as as, as you want, but uh, the thing about this is, is the Pac-12 is getting what's coming to them. Now, most of you know I, I play it fairly um, down the middle. I try to be very diplomatic on this podcast. I actually get accused once in a while of being not uh, not as big of a homer as I should be on this podcast. I see it more of as, as a news resource versus uh, being like a, a fan-type uh, page or fan uh, podcast. But here's the thing. I'm shoving that to the side here. What I have watched over the past 9, 10, 11, 12 months with the Pac-12 is just this air of arrogance and this air of superiority that that conference has held for months. My drafts, my Twitter drafts folder, and if any of you are on social media, you know what I'm talking about. You can save uh, drafts of stuff you've typed out, etc., and hold on to them. They're quote-unquote receipts. Some of you call that on social media. I went back today uh, before I started recording the podcast. I was just scrolling through. I have got dozens, if not hundreds, of drafts involving Pac-12 arrogance and wanting to respond to people and tell people what's what about things involving the Big 12 over the past month, t- 10, 12 months, whatever, last year. It, it's, it, it's been something I've had to hold my tongue in a lot of circumstances because it just hasn't been worth it in my mind to get into a, a, a keyboard uh, war with somebody over something trivial, it feels like. Today, though, today is the day. The, if you're a Cougar fan, and I'm doing it right now, enjoy this. It is it, The, the Pac-12 is getting what's coming to it. This is a conference that, according to what Dennis Dodd reported, asked for as much as $500 million annually with the 10 remaining schools. They went to the networks in their negotiating windows at some point with no USC, no UCLA, and the LA market being completely null and uh, void in terms of its availability to these TV partners. Said, you know what we want? We want five. We want half a billion dollars. That's a B. Half a billion dollars. We want fifty million dollars per team. And those TV executives probably laughed him out of the room. And now you know what? the The biggest thing is the Colorado. Their uh, chancellor, Phil DeStefano, last week said on the record to the Denver Post, I expect to see figures and numbers and all that type of stuff with regards to a media rights deal from the Pac-12. They were supposed to have that executive meeting, which they had on Thursday ahead of Pac-12 Media Day on Friday. No such numbers or discussion was apparently discussed, and that appears to have been the final straw for Colorado, and they pulled the trigger on joining the Big 12 Conference. Guys like Tony Altimore, John Canzano, John Wilner, to a degree, there's other pod, there's other Twitter feeds out there, the Genetics 56 or whatever they are, the Utah Stats and Analysis, Utah Football Stats and Analysis that has an awkward uh, like just relationship with being, uh, they don't really do analysis of Utah football. All they talk about is BYU, but regardless, all those talking heads that felt like that they were, the Pac-12, there's nobody, the whole thing about Tony Altimore saying that there is no Pac-12 team leaving for the Big 12, and he's calling BYU fans dirty liars and all this garbage. Folks, today is the day that you look at what the, the, the fruits of those labors have come. 
And what is it? Well, now they're down to nine teams, and they very well could see this conference implode if another member or two decide, you know what, Colorado maybe have it, had it right, and we're going to try and follow them out the door and calling up uh, Brett Yormark in the Big 12 saying, hey, is that offer still on the table to, to join you guys? This is, this, is, <laughs> this is fun. This is really, really fun. Because for 12 years, you as Cougar fans have st- sat idly by, and I've done it as a, 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 in terms of association, just being in the media, have watched Utah fans, Pac-12 fans at large, just denigrate and downgrade the Big 12, especially after BYU joined the conference. Well, it's just eight uh, pseudo-G5 programs with four G5 programs joining them. They're not a power conference. All of this stuff, and I apologize for the awful impersonations on, on today's podcast, but the thing about this is, it feels good to be on the other side, doesn't it? You spent a dozen years dealing with all that nonsense on social media. And any of you who went through the Big 12, uh, the independent era leading up to the Big 12 era for BYU on, on Twitter and or other social media platforms know exactly what I'm talking about. It feels so good. There's a catharsis to being on the other side of this and enjoy it, revel in it, rub your friend's face in it that may have given you crap over the years. Be nice about it, but still. Remind them, hey, you know all that crap you were handing to us? Guess what? We're now on the other side. How does it feel to you? Now, I, I don't know what the future holds for the Pac-12. I, frankly, I, I would expect that they're going to make a, a, a declaration at some point here today. I'm recording this, just, like I said, literally minutes after Colorado and the Big 12 announced that the Buffaloes are headed back to the Big 12. There's supposed to be a meeting between, not between, but with uh, George Klyovkov, the remaining nine chancellors, university presidents, and the ADs of the Pac-12. We're supposed to talk about their next steps. They're supposed to authorize George Klyovkov to go out and uh, start looking at expansion. The, there was that garbage quote from John Canzano coming from one university chancellor or president, <clears throat> Oregon, I think, but nonetheless saying that we're going to trade up from Colorado. Trade up to what? San Diego State? SMU? BS. You ain't trading up for crap. The Pac-12 made its bed by sitting on its hands. They had multiple opportunities. You go back as far as 2011. Larry Scott could have cast a death blow to the to the Big 12 had he ultimately pulled the trigger, got Texas and Oklahoma and Texas Tech, and there were like six teams that were supposed to join what was then the, the Pac-10 and make the Pac-16. Then, just uh, not as recently as, what, a year plus ago, the whole deal with the Pac-12 looking like they could have stolen away Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12 once again, and another death blow could have been struck to the Big 12 conference. They didn't do it. Carolyn Folt, the USC president, told him, don't expand. We're, we're, we're good where we're at. And then seemingly minutes later, USC said, bye, we're out the door, we're headed to the Big Ten. The, the Pac-12 sat on its hands too many times, and they are getting their just reward at this point. Now, like I said, I, I'm not trying to come off as some blowhard, and, but like I said, it's been months upon months of just kind of sitting back and just kind of, I want to. I want to weigh in on that, but you know what? Today's the day. I'm just kind of unloading it all. Will, will I go into those drafts and start tweeting them all out and start pulling out all the receipts? Probably not. It, it, there's a lot of them in there. But here's the thing: 
The Pac-12 for so long acted like their you-know-what didn't stink. And now suddenly, George Klyovkov is a man without a country. And meanwhile, his counterpart in the Big 12, Brett Yormark, can't do any wrong. Think about this. He said he wanted to get the media rights still established, conference expansion, and just making sure that the Big 12 was on a good footing. He has accomplished all of it, and he's done it in just over 365 days' time. This dude delivered and then some when it comes to what he has accomplished. I mean, he may not have even reached a year. Was it August 1st is when he started his gig officially last year? So regardless, if you're a Big 12 fan, you're a BYU fan, enjoy what's happening right now. This is, <laughs> this is, this is the good stuff. This is the stuff you've had to put up with. You're on the other side of what you put up for the pa- with for the past dozen years plus. Enjoy it. Now, obviously, the biggest thing for the Big 12 is they're going to have to go out and win football games. They're going to have to be a, they're going to be a power player when it comes to basketball, which they already appear that they will be. But adding Colorado absolutely wounds the 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 Pac-12, gets another name brand program into the Big 12 to legitimize itself. And by the way, you continue to duke it out now with the ACC for being the quote-unquote number 3 conference behind the SEC and the Big 10. Just keep doing your thing. Brett Yormark, uh, this dude, man, he knows what he's doing. He comes off as an arrogant you-know-what. Trust me. I, I, he just has a, an air about him that I'd I, I probably be holding on to my wallet standing around him, honestly. But the thing about this is, what has he done? All he has done is deliver time and time and time again for the Big 12 Conference. Meanwhile, George Klyovkov looks is looking over there like, oh, what just happened? Like... This is this is truthfully impressive level stuff coming from Brett Yormark and, and the Big Twelve and yeah to to sorry to the Pac Twelve you, you guys this is this is what you get honestly this is what you deserve for some of the garbage you spewed for so many years that, that's the thing about this uh, I, Tony Altimore for example he went to USC and why does he have such a bent thing about the the Big Twelve ruining the Pac Twelve the Big Ten. Ruined the Pac-12. They took your alma mater. Why in the world do you care about a conference your alma mater is no longer going to be a member of as soon as next year? That, that's the that's the weird fascination with all of this. And I need to move along to other topics, but there's just there is just a weird weird thing going on with the Pac-12 and them thinking it's the Big 12 that, that, that is is trying to, to knock them out. Yeah, the Big 12 is trying to land a knockout punch at this point. But here's the thing: the conference you should be most mad at is the Big Ten. They started all this. They threw the first punches, and they landed some haymakers and stealing away both USC and UCLA, and there was nothing, apparently, you could do about it because your commissioner, speaking to George Klyovkov, I'm, dire- I'm dire- directing this to all Pac-12 fans, your commissioner refused to engage them on stuff that they wanted in terms of sticking around in the conference. And you said, no, we're, we're good, and then they called your bluff. Colorado called your bluff again today because apparently you guys refuse to release numbers or figures to the people who actually have the decision-making power. It screams to me that the Pac-12 doesn't know what it's doing right now. They just have no clue what they're doing. They're out there just kind of treading water, hoping that something's going to come. They're gonna get, their ship's going to come in. Guess what? You have to do what the Big 12 did and go out and manufacture something for yourself. That, that, that's where things stand for the Pac-12 right now. So as a BYU fan... Revel in this. This is similar to actually getting into the Big 12 conference and celebrating official entrance into the Big 12 just this rec- just this pa- earlier this month on July 1. Celebrate all this because guess what? You've had to put up with so much, so much garbage being spewed your directions from everybody, it felt like, involved with the Pac-12 and especially University of Utah fans. You know what? 
today's a day that you can you can fire back a little bit. You can you can friendly fire. You can you can have some fun with this too. And that's that, that's the thing about this is you're now on the other side. So enjoy it a little bit. All right, uh, we will move along here. We're going to talk a little bit about BYU's running back position. That was originally the plan to talk about uh, as we round out our position group previews on today's podcast, but needed to get a lot off my chest, obviously, and talk a little bit about what's going on with the Pac-12 and the Big 12, but it's a good day. It is a fantastic day if you're a Cougar fan, folks. This is this is what you have yearned for, to be on the other side. And guess what? These Pac-12 fans, they're going to start to learn that being on the opposite side that BYU was on for so long, it sucks. It, it really does suck. But we'll talk uh, BYU running backs here in just a moment. We'll round out today's show a little bit later on. Uh, finishing up the 2020 season with a look back at a win over a UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl to round out the 2020 season. Uh, what a season it was, and we'll talk about that. All coming up right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been working with us for, uh, for months now. They are, of course, our recruiting uh, sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs, my friends. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. The best part of that is you can go post your job and then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to let people know that you are hiring and looking for a new addition to your company or new additions to your company. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college right now. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free terms and conditions apply it's Kubota Orange Day shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA and now through June 30 get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors see the details at KubotaOrangedays.com your family your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with the, with the podcast. Uh, coming up next week, it's Monday. We're talking storylines. Is BYU will officially be reporting for training camp on Monday. First practice on Tuesday. First media availability expected to be on Tuesday evening. So uh, Monday and Tuesday's editions of the podcast will be talking storylines, position battles to watch out for, and then obviously uh, starting Wednesday, it's reaction to what I see out there at, at, at BYU practice. And by the way, to the the troll who hopped in my mentions on Twitter a couple days ago saying, you don't have anything original about you, what you do with your podcast. You know what I have? I have access to BYU practices. That is not a, that's one thing a lot of these podcasts out there cannot say that they have. So you know what? You can, you can troll on all you want, but I saw it. And trust me, like some of the other stuff I had earlier, I'm keeping receipts. So, uh, all right, let's talk BYU running backs. Now, 
This is a position group, obviously, has had a great run over the past few years. You had Tyler Algier with those back-to-back marvelous years, now obviously doing his thing for the Atlanta uh, Falcons. I want to say the Atlanta Hawks, that's the NBA, but Atlanta Falcons, and obviously had a phenomenal rookie season. I think he is going to continue to be a revelation in the NFL. The other thing about this is, is Christopher Brooks had a pretty solid season, all things considered, a year ago for BYU, and looks like he is looking the part in terms of being able to uh, go out there and help uh, uh, an and, and, NFL team. He joined the Miami Dolphins. That's what it was. But uh, hoping that he gets his chance in training camp here to, to make an impression. But coming up now for the running back position for BYU are two new transfers coming into the program that are expected to kind of lead the way this year for BYU. Those obviously are Aiden Robbins, the transfer from UNLV coming to BYU, as well as Deion Smith transferring, funny enough, from the University of Colorado to join BYU. Now, obviously, the, the running back position is going to be very important for BYU's offense. They have very much utilized the, the transfer portal to great effect, obviously, to build uh, what they're doing. Robbins is going to be the lead guy this year for BYU. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, we didn't get to see him in spring camp. That was unfortunate. We didn't get to see that, but he was dealing with the uh, lingering effects of a hand surgery. The coaches told us at the end of spring camp that had it been essentially the season, he would have been able to go. They just wanted to be very cautious with him at spring camp, obviously. Training camp is when he's expected to really show what he's capable of. He is an absolute beast of a running back. All is six foot three, 230 pounds. He looks the part of a bell cow running back. They should be able to lead BYU. The question is, is can he replicate the production he had last year at UNLV, going over 1,000 yards for the running Rebels down there in the Mountain West Conference, and do that at the Big 12 level now? Obviously, he had scant production during his first couple of seasons at Louisville after signing with the Cardinals out of high school, but he is finally at BYU, a school that he heavily considered coming out of high school. And the hope is that he can go out and prove himself this year for the Cougars. If he's as good as he has been cracked up to be, he could be a breakout star. I, I picked him as the newcomer of the year for the Big 12 in my voting. That's the fun part about this. Is it, it is a it, It's a really, really fun thing to watch guys like this get their opportunity. I'm hoping he capitalizes on it. Now, obviously, there are holdovers on this roster, but I want to talk about Deion Smith as the other major addition via the transfer portal here for BYU. Deion Smith, he's not no slouch in his own right. He's listed at six foot. 200 pounds, so he's not a small running back by any means, but compared to Aiden Robbins, He's dwarfed by Aiden Robbins. So the thing about uh, Deion Smith is uh, where Aiden Robbins is a guy who seems to be more of the the shoulders down, hit through the tackles, but has uh, a surprising burst as well. Deion Smith is considered to be a quote-unquote home run hitting type uh, running back where you get him on the edge and he may take it to the house. Now, can he prove that uh, coming in from Colorado? He had... uh, up and down games for Colorado a year ago, and the, the biggest thing with Colorado is they've been such an awful, awful football program. That's about the thing about this with regards to the Colorado edition. You don't expect them to be power players in the Big 12 immediately, but that's another topic for another day. Just celebrate the fact that they're in the conference. But Deion Smith comes in, and I think on paper, BYU can look at both he and Aiden Robbins and say, hey, we have a nice thunder and lightning combo. Now, I obviously refer to thunder and lightning in the parlance of, remember, watching a Lendell White, obviously, is the thunder to uh, Reggie Bush's lightning with USC in the in the early, two, early to mid-2000s. Now, 
be it far from me to suggest that Aiden Robbins is Lendell White, and especially be it far from me to say that Deion Smith is in my is a guy like Reggie Bush. But that's the type of impact that BYU hopes that these guys can have. If either one of them falter, there are options on the roster that I think can come in and really help out, and that starts with Hinkley Ropati. Now, Hinkley Ropati is, the, is a, just like this muscle machine, 5'10", 215 pounds. Uh, he is an absolute just rock-solid running back. He's a senior this year. He wants to get it right as a junior college transfer, having come to BYU, and he's enjoyed his time at BYU. We talked with him during spring ball, and you heard him talk about the fact of how grateful he's been for his time at BYU. Recently got engaged. I don't know if he got married, but nonetheless, he's got a lot of opportunity in front of him, and like I said, he's going to be battling for playing time here. You have other guys in the mix, including Miles Davis. Now, Miles Davis is this enigma. It feels like a running back. So much promise, it feels like, for for him. He's six foot, 210 pounds, really runs kind of in an upright style, very smooth runner, making the transition from the high school ranks where he played wide receiver to playing running back at BYU, but he's dealt with numerous injuries. It seems like every year he's had injuries. A couple seasons ago, it was broken bones in both feet and successive injuries uh, that really knocked him out. Can he stay healthy for an extensive period of time, and can he find himself in the in the mix here at running back? If he's capable of doing that, that only bolsters BYU's depth at running back. Beyond that, you have a number of other auditions to this roster. Obviously, a guy like Morgan Piper is a walk-on who's played a myriad of positions at BYU. He's finishing up his career at running back for BYU. Can he get some time? Enoch Nawahine is a transfer from Utah State that during spring camp with the twos and the threes uh, showed a great ability to get tough yards. We're talking two and three yard gains when you need him. He had an ability to put his shoulder down and drive forward. Will that re- result in him seeing more time on the football field this year for BYU? I don't know. I'd actually have my doubts about that. But there are two freshmen on this roster that you should be very excited for the future of this running back position for BYU where I, I think if either of them hit, if both of them hit, phenomenal. But if either one of them hit, BYU may not have to use the transfer portal as heavily for running backs for a little while here. Those obviously two players are Nukuluve Halu, six foot one, 215-pound running back, obviously a homegrown product from Tooele High School, and then LJ Martin. The four-star prospect who decommitted from Stanford in the recruiting process, committed to BYU, uh, comes in from Canoteo High School down there in El Paso, Texas, 6'2", 205. He's got a college-looking frame already. He wore the number 27 this year for BYU, and I cannot wait to see those two as they develop here. Now, both of them are probably going to be hard-pressed to see a lot of action early on uh, this year for BYU, just with the number of names and bodies in front of them, but either one of them, like I said, if either one of them hit, and I hope that both of them hit, by the way, and what I mean by hit is they develop into being starting caliber running backs for BYU. If either one of those guys hit or if both of them hit, BYU set up for really really long-lived success at the running back position with both of them. Like I said, they have bonafide uh, accolades. Uh, Nukulive Halu was a three-star prospect coming out of Tooele High School. I remember watching him, and I actually stood next to A.J. Stewart, the former BYU running backs coach, who recruited him before his mission, before A.J. moved on uh, to other jobs, and he was just raving about Halu's vision and his ability uh, to to use his body to shield himself from big hits and the like, and they, they look forward to seeing what he turns into. L.J. Martin... He's a four-star prospect, folks. I don't think he's gotten enough respect and enough, uh, I guess, uh, aplomb when it comes to him joining the BYU football program. It was a big win for BYU to get him to flip from his commitment to Stanford and come to BYU. I am hopeful that both of them uh, go out and have great seasons. So uh, the biggest thing for the running back position is just understand that, yes, they have a lot of bodies here, and there's a lot of promise. I I think Aiden Robbins, if he is as good as he showed last year at UNLV, he truly 
could be the Big 12 newcomer of the year. He could have that type of a season. But beyond him, there are a number of other capable bodies at the running back position, and I look forward to seeing what they're capable of showing out there. Will it will it come to fruition, and will they be this revelation this season for the Big 12? Only time will tell. But the thing is, you can only get out there on the football field and do what you can do. And I'm hopeful that Aiden Robbins can deliver on the bet on himself, obviously coming to BYU and making the jump back up to the Power 5 ranks. He very easily could have stayed at UNLV or another G5 program and dominated. He wants to prove himself at the highest level, and he's going to get that opportunity with BYU. Is Deion Smith capable of really kind of just kind of leveling out and being a consistent contributor for BYU this year? We're going to find out about that. Is Hinkley Rapati, is his swan song at BYU, as they list him as a senior on the roster, is he going to be able to be the guy that he wants to be in BYU's offense? All great questions, and obviously the Young Bucks and both uh, Halu and LJ Martin. I look forward to both of them seeing what they do as well. Training camp will be a very, very fun time to finally see a bunch of these dudes, most notably Aiden Robbins and Deion Smith, finally suiting up for BYU. Same thing with LJ Martin. And actually see what they look like uh, running through BYU's offense and actually running with offensive line blocking for them and obviously trying to dodge tacklers and all of that. And it should be fun, but I think the biggest thing is you just hope that everything BYU's done in the recruiting sphere to bring these guys into the program, it pays off, and hopefully it pays off in spades. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to finish out today's show with a look at BYU and UCF uh, back in 2020. The uh, Boca Raton Bowl, BYU made the trip down to Boca Raton. All of the COVID restrictions notwithstanding, I made the trip myself. We'll talk about that game as you round out this edition of Locked On Cougars. Now, a word on our friends over at eBay Motors real quick. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, my friends. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Now, my friends, that's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Once again, that's eBay Motors right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for joining us here on the podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic Thursday slash Friday whenever you're listening to this podcast. Appreciate guys all of your support. Now, a couple of you have reached out and said, hey, can I still enter to win uh, the the uh, the signed Jaron Hall football? Yes. Entries are still being accepted. If you want to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Send us a screenshot of you being subscribed to the show on YouTube as well as wherever else you might subscribe to the show and you'll be entered to win that Jaron Hall football. But other BYU swag will be given away in that giveaway. Uh, we are going to, uh, Monday, 
hey, I'm planning on announcing we'll do it. I think we're probably going to do it to the tail end of next week. So stay tuned for official details of when the giveaway is going to go down. But yeah, if you want to enter to win a signed Jaron Hall football, email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And of course, we'll make sure you guys are taken care of. All right. Before we go on today's show, let's look at what, what happened in the 2020 season for BYU. Now, BYU made the trip down to the Boca Raton Bowl. And uh, the loss to uh, the, the Coastal Carolina game obviously knocked BYU and their dreams of playing in a, in a, a New Year's Six Bowl game down a peg. But BYU got a bowl game all the same and made the trip, obviously, to Boca Raton. And the thing about this going into this game is I made the trip to, to Boca Raton to take it in. I said, you know what? I want to go down there. I want to see this team in person, see how they perform. And when I got to Boca Raton, started talking with people around the BYU football program, and I started noticing there were a bunch of bodies that were not in attendance at certain things. Uh, most notably, some of the offensive coaching staff, and most notably guys like Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, both of them now at Baylor, they were not available. Now, after the game, we found out that they were dealing with COVID. Uh, They were actually, they didn't even make the trip to the bowl game. And obviously, that was just kind of how the circumstances were at that point with the pandemic raging and all that. But BYU did not miss a beat in this game. They they felt like they had an edge to them because they felt like they'd been slided, obviously, finishing 11 and they were 10 and 1 going into this game, ended up finishing the season 11 and 1 overall, ranked 16th in the country, taking on the UCF Knights. Funny enough, both of them now members of the Big 12 Conference. Conference and compatriots, but BYU went out and just absolutely steamrolled UCF. 49-23 does not even do this game justice. Uh, BYU scored 35 first half points. UCF could not get, uh, excuse me, UCF uh, 35-10, to 10, excuse me. UCF, it was 21-0 in the first quarter. Then BYU rolls up another 14 points in the second quarter, making it 35-10. Now, at halftime, I was sitting in the auxiliary uh, media seating area, which was essentially in the stands in the end zone. Uh, and I was sitting there watching the game, and all of a sudden, I feel just something really wet go down my right leg. And I was like, oh, no, did somebody knock over a water bottle? What was that? Well, I looked behind me, and a beer. I, no, no, it wasn't, not just one beer. Uh, Sean Walker from KSL.com can actually can uh, corroborate the story. At least two beers uh, had spilled and were running down my pant leg. So I had to deal with uh, beer-stained pants the rest of that game. I, I, it was so crazy. At that point, the hype around Zach Wilson was going absolutely berserk. The San Francisco 49ers had two different scouts there at the game. I was actually sitting right behind them as well. And I can tell you this much. They were intently studying one dude on that football field, and it was Zach Wilson. When Zach Wilson was on the field, the binoculars came out and the notepads came out, and they were scribbling notes furiously. When UCF came out on offense, they just kind of were chatting back and forth. Zach Wilson comes back out. Back out come the binoculars. It was so funny to watch. But nonetheless, uh, I dealt with the beer stained pants, had an opportunity to, to talk with guys. I uh, had a chat, actually a chat with those San Francisco 49ers scouts for just a minute, just talking with them, get their thoughts a little bit on Zach Wilson. And like I said, they were very, very high on him. But And he delivered, by the way. 26 of 34, 425 yards and three touchdowns. And he, by the way, BYU lifted him from the game early. He, they very easily could just laid it on uh, UCF had they chosen to. But they decided, you know what, we're just, we're just going to grind this Thing out. They ended up piling up 441 yards passing, 214 yards 
rushing. That's a grand total, my friends, of 655 total yards. They absolutely made life miserable for Dylan Gabriel, who, by the way, is now uh, Oklahoma's starting quarterback. In this game, 21 of 45, 217 yards and two touchdowns in his own right. But BYU just absolutely steamrolled and made a statement against UCF. Tyler Algier, 19 carries, 173 yards and one touchdown. Kind of sending up a preview of what he would be in 2021 for BYU. It was just a phenomenal win for BYU. Obviously, the final games for guys like Zach Wilson and Dax Mills, we found out after that game. Uh, Dax Mills' brother actually told me in the airport the following morning, hey, by the way, Dax is going to turn pro. And I kind of looked at him like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm dead serious. He's going to announce. And shortly thereafter, he made the announcement he was going to the pro rank. So crazy, crazy times, but a great win to cap the season for BYU even though it was in a lesser bowl game. BYU probably deserved a little bit better, but that's the that's the joy of being in the Big 12 Conference now, my friends, is stuff like this will not happen. You have a 10-1 or a 10-2 season in the Big 12. You're playing in a much bigger and more or less illustrious bowl game than the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, which is what BYU got in 2020. But nonetheless, uh, finish off the season with aplomb and obviously uh, set off uh, BYU uh, to another era, obviously with Jaron Hall in 2021 becoming BYU starting quarterback, and we'll begin breaking down that season on Monday's edition of the podcast. All right, so there you go. Uh, It's been a long show, a lot of thoughts, had a lot to get off my chest, and hope you guys stuck with me through it all. But nonetheless, thank you to all of you for being uh, listeners here on Locked On Cougars. Cannot thank you guys enough for making it your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us on the podcast as well. Uh, Have a great weekend. Uh, Obviously, we'll be getting out some of these uh, shorter versions of these uh, previews. If you missed any of them, uh, make sure to check out YouTube. We'll put them up uh, over the weekend. Make sure you guys have them already ahead of BYU training camp beginning Monday, folks. BYU players are reporting to camp. So get ready. It is here. It is football season. And let's do this thing. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.